Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. What time is it? This is the Bob and Jeff Show, starring Jeff Lutz. There's no just a game. Uh, you play to win. And I left it in the hands of an inept judge. I mean, you can think whatever you want. I've thought about it. You suck. Oh, shocking monsters. In Jason Duda, for today anyway. Trying to figure out what the Canadian's going to decide, which nobody in this room could figure out. That was the judge making a decision that made sense at the time. It's funny that I I could accept that, but if it was the other way, you would not have said that. You're unbelievable. Judas. 97.5 in 1240 KFH. Your visit is always discreet. Good afternoon and welcome. It is Bob and Jeff on a Thursday. Bob not here today. We'll get into that briefly in just a minute. I'm sure most people who would want to be listening to this show also follow Bob on social media and know what has happened. Uh, Sickening, obviously. But Jason Duda is here. We planned to have the three-man booth today, but maybe we can do that another time. Um, Jason, how's it going? Well, not bad. Not bad. A little disturbed. Yeah. uh, But, uh, yeah. And, you know, I was instructed not to talk about this, but it's out there. My dad has put it on social media. It's going to be all over the news, I'm sure, uh, this afternoon and this evening. Someone stole the Jackie Robinson statue at League 42 uh, at McAdams Park. And there are really not words for that. It's as gross and uh, disgusting and as evil as you think it is. I mean, that's, that's reprehensible. There are no adjectives or, or words that capture just how bad of a person. And I'm not just saying this because this is my father's league, but it's freaking Jackie Robinson, a life-size statue of the first black player, which was authorized and seen and um, everything like that by Jackie Robinson's surviving family. It was done by my dad's longtime friend, John Parson, who has since passed away. So this is a statue that, you know, can't be replicated in a lot of ways. But, I mean, literally can't be replicated. The, the person who built it is no longer with us, and that was several years ago, three or four years ago, I guess, um, probably at this time. And, and now that statue is gone just because of there's no reason. You've got to be a complete moron to do something like this. What are you going to do with it now? I don't what know. are you going to do with it? Hey, idiot out there, what are you exactly going to do with it? Where are you going to put it? You can't put it anywhere. Everybody's going to know where it comes from. Like, this is just stupid. Who thinks, who in their, who in their right mind thinks I'm going to go, obviously it had to be done in the middle of the night. And it takes, and it's going to take a lot of time because that's a bulky statue. Oh, it's not a, made out of styrofoam. It's made out of bronze or whatever metal it's made out of. Um, and yeah, someone did that. I, I, I can't believe I'm. Defeat. I can't believe I'm sitting here talking about this. Have you ever? Because some of, idiots any? out there think that that was funny. Think that w- what exactly do you get from doing to, that? Trying, I mean, they're trying to hurt somebody. And what uh, emotionally? Oh, I almost, I almost lost it there. Well, I almost said something I'm not allowed to. This would be the show Max to do that. Might have to watch the uh, button over there today. Could get a little out of hand. I'm trying to stay. I it it, it disgusts me. 
The fact that somebody did this absolutely disgusts me. I, it, I, I don't understand why. What is the reason why? There's what are you no going to get for it? What are you going to do with it? It's just dumb. You've uh, you've removed part of the community. I hope you I that hope you people positive. that did this are listening because you're a bunch of idiots. It's absolutely disgusting. Yeah, and obviously, and you can't give it back because they've what cut it off at the feet. Yeah, they cut so it down. you can't even put it back together because it's not going to look right. Just idiots, just dumb idiots. And ah, just, and just not just dumb idiots, just gross, horrible human beings. Like how do you like irredeemable? How do you human go? Beings? How do you go home and look in the mirror and be like, yeah, I got like really. Look at all these kids that look up to this guy and and what uh, you know Bob's done with this program and where it is now. And you, what are you doing? What do you say to yourself when you look in the mirror? I hope you're listening and figure it out. Oh, they're not listening. They're... Bunch of morons. What I always think of when I when I think of someone doing something reprehensible, saying something reprehensible, like is this what you wanted your life to be? Like, is, did, did the person or people who did this, like, imagine five years ago, man, I'm going to be one of the greatest uh, statue thieves here in Wichita. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to, like, who, who wants that for themselves? Who's going to, who hates themselves so much and hates existence that uh, they're going to stoop to this level to try to hurt somebody else? I don't know. I have no idea. I, I just... Because that's when, what when it you, is. You know, that's you, a person who hasn't been loved. Well, that or just, I, I don't know. I honestly. Or it's a complete sociopath. One of the well, two. Well, it, it's just ridiculous. It's just, uh, how? Why? What? what I, I, don't, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. You didn't even take the whole thing to start with. No. You took part of it. Why? There is no why. There is no why. There's no nothing to this. Like this is this this is, this is a targeted thing, right? Well, it has. It, I would think so. There are plenty of statues in Wichita. Never heard of one of them getting cut down and stolen. No. So this is someone who has some vendetta, either a racial thing or a, I don't know. I mean, I, it's not. You can't really speculate. But who? who there's no motive. That would be satisfactory. And also, knowing the type of person who must have done this, no motive, that would be a surprise. It's going to just be as bad as you think it is, like I said at the beginning. Yeah. I, I, feel, bad for, I feel bad for Bob, obviously. Everybody, I feel horrible for Bob. Because obviously, everybody involved with League 42, I feel terrible for. You know, they work. There's a lot of people besides your dad who has put a lot of time into this. And for something like this to happen, it doesn't just hurt one person. You're hurting hundreds of people with this. You would think, because it's so unimaginable, like for someone to take the time to do that. Not, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like who, who has... You'd have to have some sort of... Well, you got to have a truck. You can't do it by yourself. There's no way. But, yeah, even past that, like... Man, I, I forgot. It's like you see something positive happening in your own community. We assume someone didn't drive up from Oklahoma City to do this. This is probably one of our people. Um, and, and you just want to eliminate that? Like this is – you're still – even if you're an irredeemable human being uh, out there, which you are, you're still a part of this community. You know, why bring down your own people? Why – well, that's a that's a subject you could get into, but we would be there's all there's only why press to s- not say something that we probably shouldn't. Yeah, and again, I probably shouldn't have talked about this. It's Bob's thing, but people should know that Bob. I mean, I think they do know that Bob is extremely proud of what he and many others have accomplished with League Forty Two. He was just showing me earlier this week. Uh, little pamphlet, a booklet that they've put together. 
uh, to highlight everything that they've done and, and you know, in efforts to ra continue to raise money and reach out to people and reach the community. I mean, they've built a whole building, a huge building. I know. Uh, on 17th Street, they've built fields. They obviously had that statue done. They've uh, helped kids with education. They've helped kids get connected with uh, law enforcement. They've helped, uh, they've had kids hear from uh, leaders in the community. They've had kids obviously get to play baseball for very cheap. Uh, they've had kids connect with others. They've had kids uh, learn value of sports. I mean, I'm sure most of them are played a bunch of sports anyway. Uh, they have kids who get to be coached and, and taught and cared for. And I don't know. Just It's just, it's awful. It's just ridiculously awful. It is. Um, but we will do a show today. All right. And Bob will be back when he decides he wants to be back. He is obviously not handling, or not, he's handling it fine, I'm sure. Not taking it well. That's a good way to put it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So here's the show today at 225. What, what's going on in the show today? At 225, we'll talk to Austin Meek. He uh, used to write for the Topeka Capital Journal. Now he writes for The Athletic, covering the University of Michigan uh, basketball and football programs. And he'll talk to us not just about Jim Harbaugh leaving for the San Diego Chargers, but uh, it sounds like Sharon Moore, the Derby native, uh, is a front runner for that job. So we'll get some extra background on Sharon Moore, if that's the direction he, uh, Austin thinks that Michigan will go. What do you think about that? Doesn't isn't Michigan? Is it well, too late in the process? It seems like they can have any any guy that they want. But who who do they want? I guess they want their own guy. Well, the other thing with that is too, what's going to happen with uh, everything that goes on? Is there going to be sanctions? They're going to lose scholarships. They get, what, what's going to happen? I mean, we talked about this before, right at the beginning of the season. What did we all say? Well, he's gone after the year's over. No question about it. Right. It's a Pete. It's Pete Carroll all over again. Right. Yeah, you win one. You, you win one. There were some issues going on that you probably don't want to deal with. Well, go to the NFL. You're going to get a job. That yeah. wasn't that wasn't going to be an issue. And we figured it would probably be the Chargers. That seemed like the best fit. He played there for a little bit. He's coached already in San Francisco and at Stanford at San Diego State. So he knows he knows that area. Not that that matters, but seems to be comfortable there. That's that seemed like the right fit. Yeah, no question. To hire within. I mean, because I can't think of like who would be the hot name out there. Obviously, well, what is I the mean, KU and K State coaches, Lance Leipold and uh, help me, Chris Kleiman. Chris Kleiman. Uh, those would be two candidates, but it, it doesn't sound like they are going in that direction. It has to. They have to have the job posted, which is weird, right? That you yeah. post a job like, oh, I'll go on Indeed. Let me see if I can be the coach of the defending national champions. Are you going to apply for that? Well, I might as well. It's out there. The worst thing they're going to do is say no. Right. I'm already in the same boat. Well, the worst, yeah, worst thing is to say no. What they'll probably do is say nothing. It just ignore me. Can you imagine if you got an an answer though? What That's, if they said we want to we want to bring you in just to talk to you, right? Hey, yeah, I'll come in for the weekend. You've got coaching experience. You can be a consultant. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys use a power play? Because I can coach the power play. That's about it. That's excellent. Uh, Sort of speaking of hockey, I've reached out to a guy. He has not responded. Uh, who's one of the Who's one of the leaders of our roller hockey scene here in Wichita? Ah. did you know we had a roller I hockey did not scene know here that. in Wichita? Did not know that. Uh, so I hope I hear back from that guy. Well, there you go. Because he, I'd like to have him on for five questions tomorrow. Well, happy days. That's the goal. Anthony Capra cannot do the show tomorrow. Oh, when we will be back together. Oh, again? Yeah. The oh, two of us. Wow. Wow. What a great end to the week for this show. So I thought I would have the show booked by the time we got in here today, but Capra is a no, and my five questions guy hasn't responded. So do you got anything booked for tomorrow? Uh, Joanna Chadwick. Well, of course. You'll have a game because it's Friday, right? Oh, geez, yeah. Yeah, I'll have a game. I mean, I've, I've had a game every Tuesday basically for the history of this show. Oh, almost. But, yeah, I'll have a game tomorrow. That's fine. 
Are you excited about I it? I am Do so... Do you already know what it's going to be? I have no idea well, you what have, it's going to be. You have a night to think about I it. Wonder what, I wonder what I should, where I should go with this. I got a whole day. I got to think about it. At 2.45 today, uh, I believe this is the guest. Uh, my dad, while he was dealing with uh, the aforementioned criminal activity, uh, said Shocker Catcher is on the show today. I assume that's Mauricio Milan, who is the, who is a shocker catcher. He's not the shocker catcher. He is the starting catcher, uh-huh. but he's not the only catcher on the roster. So I assume that's who we're talking to. Okay, fair and, enough. And I'm looking forward to talking to Mauricio Milan because somehow we're like two weeks away from baseball season. What? Spring training starts like the 13th. Already? And the Shockers have a game next month. They start their season in February. Where does all the time go? Like, can you believe Christmas was a month ago today? Remember when you were a kid and your parents or your grandparents are like, oh, time's going to start to fly by. And you're like, no, it's not. It's like four days until I get to go play another hockey game, and that's going to feel like an eternity. And now four days feels like I just ate breakfast. And the four days are gone. How, How does that happen? I don't know. The Shockers have a game, Jason, three weeks from tomorrow. Here? I hope not. In Little Rock, Arkansas. That's not much better. No, I was going to say. I was Probably going to be weather. pretty cold there. But then they go to Jacksonville. Uh, they have quite a few home games, actually. So they could have a lot of cold weather games. Here, here are the locations of their games between July or, sorry, March, February. That's the month I'm looking for. February 28th. And March 22nd, all right? Okay. Tulsa, Wichita, 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 Norman, Wichita, 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 Wichita. That's a lot of home games that early. It is. They play Gonzaga for a series at home. They play Nebraska at home for two. Long Beach for three. So they got a tough schedule. I don't know how good Gonzaga is. I have no idea. They can't be that good, can they? I wouldn't think so. Washington. who knows? But Washington State was in Washington, and Wichita State just hired their coach. Maybe that's why they're playing Gonzaga. That could be it. That's probably – you probably stumbled onto something I there. I did just stumble onto something. Last year, Gonzaga was 18-34. and 34. Well, then but you they, were correct. But they were 14-13 and 13 in the West Coast Conference. Well, maybe they had – So they went 4-21 and 21 outside of the conference. Must have had a tough schedule. Which is not good. No. No, it's not good at all. They started one and eleven. Huh. So that there you have that. Baseball starting, man. Three weeks. When's the when's the majors start? When do they start camp? Late March. Well, the camp begins. I think the Guardians begin the fifteenth. Most other teams start the fourteenth, maybe even the thirteenth, and then you have San Diego. And the Dodgers, who play like a, early, like a mid-March game in Korea, I think. Uh, so they're getting started a little bit earlier. I don't know where it goes. Honest to God, I have no clue where all this time goes. I mean, it's, it's past. Like, I woke up. Doesn't I, go I went anywhere. to work. I'm going from work today, and I'm like, it's Thursday already this week. Yeah. It's Thursday. It's basically now Friday, unless you consider this still being at work, which we kind of are. Yeah, I consider that. But after this, it's essentially the weekend because nobody tries on Friday. Why do you think that is? Just because it's Friday? It's human nature. Has pe- have people just decided because it's Friday? I mean, Friday, myself eh, excluded. You know, I try hard on Friday. Well, I'm, of course you do. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, you, you're but a lot of the people, only one. I hear a lot of people really struggle sometimes on Fridays. Fridays can be tough. Fridays can be tough. A little bit. But we'll be back tomorrow. We will. What a solid Friday show that'll be. Oh, I can't wait. You have a game. Yeah, I got a game. Tennis. Maybe we'll do tennis. You think? I don't know anything about tennis. Oh, yeah, then we'll do tennis. We did the celebrity age game on Tuesday. What's that? I give you a celebrity. You try to guess how old they are. Oh, very Max and Bob played. Bob won 12-9, I think, 11-8, something like that. Well, it made his day at least. Yeah, you know he was happy. Did about I that. beat him in our uh, thing, our post on uh, Twitter? Who won that? 
You well, know? He won by one vote, he says. No. What? You know he's, he submitted the last vote, right? Then, like, yeah, oh, something goofy happened. It's tied. That's the it's actual tied. case. I'm going to vote. That's um, just embarrassing, Robert. And at 325, don't want to neglect to mention that we'll be making picks. That we will. We'll have to assume that uh, Bob will be sending his picks later on. I would think. So it'll be the three of us. Max Power is the third. Our producer and our engineer, who's going to take us to break right now. Uh, the three of us making picks. Sounds good. So that's the show today. Uh, we'll have a couple guests uh, coming up the next couple segments. Then we'll talk shockers uh, and then make picks. And then we'll have uh, something to do in that last segment. Plenty to talk about today, though. Stay with us. Austin Meek from The Athletic covering uh, Michigan Athletics. There you go. With us next, it's Bob and Jeff on KFH. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. This is the Bob and Jeff Show on 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. Let's go to the hotline and talk to Austin Meek, formerly uh, a Kansas guy, worked here in Topeka, now with The Athletic covering the University of Michigan basketball and football. Austin, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys? We are doing well also, so I think I know the answer to this question, but because you know Jim Harbaugh had flirted with the NFL for the past several seasons, uh, was there any part of you that was surprised that he uh, finally finally left Michigan and, and tried the NFL again? No, not really, although it was one of those things that had been rumored for so long that I think there was just some initial like shock for me that, wow, this thing is actually happening now. I mean, it had literally been like three years of this, of, of thinking that Jim Harbaugh could leave at any time, and he'd always come back to Michigan and uh, you know, I, I think there was definitely a sense that this could be the time. He seemed really serious about it, and the, the Chargers seemed really serious about him. And it certainly had been going this direction for for quite some time. But still, just that initial moment when it happened, it was kind of like, wow, this this is actually real. This is actually happening. Is it one of those things as well? You know, with everything going on in the program and people looking into this and that, and is it? it, it and then he wins the championship. Is it just like, okay, you know what? Is it time to go? Um, is, do you think that played into it? And then on the other side, what is exactly going on with everything in the football program? <laughs> well, I, I wish I knew the answer to uh, everything <laughs> that's going on because there's a lot. Um, but I guess to the first part of the question, it did feel like the timing really lined up here even more so than in years past. You know, last year Jim Harbaugh had conversations with the Denver Broncos, but he also had a really loaded team coming back that that he knew could win a national championship. And I think that played a part in him coming back to Michigan for this season. Now, Michigan is going to undergo a pretty pretty drastic transformation with the roster. They lost a bunch of starters and, and key players from this championship team. And as you mentioned, there's two NCAA investigations hanging out there that, that are likely to result in penalties. One of them was for recruiting violations during the COVID-19 dead period. And one of them was for the sign-stealing scandal. And Michigan is going to be dealing with that for a while. The fallout from that certainly is, is still to come. Uh, so for all of those reasons, I think it, it made a lot of sense for Jim Harbaugh to make this move right now. Austin Meek, our guest uh, from The Athletic, covers uh, Michigan sports, University of Michigan sports. So before I ask about the, the Kansan, who seems to be the front runner for this job, I'll ask you about the two coaches here in Kansas that uh, get mentioned 
when just about any job comes open. That's Lance Leipold of Kansas and, and Chris Kleiman of, of Kansas State. So are those guys just getting mentioned? Do you think there's interest from either side? Or, or like I said, are they just uh, coming up because they always come up? Yeah, I think, honestly, maybe more of the latter. I, I was told that Michigan would at least look at what's out there uh, was not going to just like rubber stamp Sharon Moore as the head coach. But that's been the expectation really all along is that if Jim Harbaugh left, they would promote from within and make Sharon Moore the head coach. I mean, I, I think either Lance Leipold or Chris Kleiman could, could do a good job at Michigan. Um, you know, if I was an athletic director, I'd at least like kick the tires on, on both of those guys. But I think the priority for Michigan is just continuity and try to keep as much of this together as they can, knowing that Jim Harbaugh got this program to a really high level. Sharon Moore is, is really his handpicked successor. It's what the team wants. Uh, it's what the fans want. Um, to me, it's, it's a pretty easy decision to just go ahead and make Sharon Moore the head coach. Yeah, so tell us about Sharon. Obviously a, a derby guy, played here, uh, close to here in Wichita. Uh, the hand-picked guy, uh, we got to see him a couple times while Harbaugh was suspended. What's he like as a coach, and, and what's he like just as a, as a person? Yeah, you know, if you talk to him, he's really low-key, uh, more so than Jim Harbaugh, I would say. Um, pretty pretty quiet guy in a, you know, in a public setting. Um, keeps his kind of keeps his cards close to the vest, doesn't, doesn't give you a lot. Uh, but he also really does have a, an emotional side that we all saw um, on TV after that Penn State game. Had to uh, bleep a few of the words out for the TV audience. But, I mean, that was real emotion from him. You saw the tears on his face. And I think that's part of why the players really love him is he's not afraid to show that side of his personality. Uh, but under pressure, he's, he's pretty cool. I mean, that Ohio State game when he had to step in and be the head coach, with Michigan's whole season on the line, made some really, really gutsy calls in that game. And I thought that kind of cemented it, that he would probably be the guy if Jim Harbaugh left. Maybe if Michigan had lost that game, it would be a, a different conversation. But he's had four games now as a head coach, and he's 4-0. and And I think that's a big part of why people have confidence that he can do the job. And obviously you'd mentioned uh... – you know, you're losing a lot of players this year. How do you feel he would be in recruiting? How does everybody else feel in that regard? Because we know that how yeah. important that is right now, especially with the transfer portal and NIL and everything else that's going on. Yeah, he's been considered, I think, one of the, the better recruiters on Michigan's staff. Um, you know, in some ways, um, I think there would be a at least a hope that Michigan's recruiting might even go up a level. I mean, Jim Harbaugh... Uh, Jim Harbaugh is really good at identifying players who fit his program. Um, and we saw that with this championship team. You know, they didn't have a ton of five-star players on this roster. It, it wasn't a team that was built like Georgia or, or Alabama or some of the previous champions. Uh, but they, they really built a team from top to bottom uh, that didn't have any weaknesses. And so I, I think the hope would be that Sharon Moore could take a similar approach, but maybe even get Michigan in the door with a few more of those elite level prospects coming off a national championship. Um, but I don't know. It, it, it does kind of remain to be seen. NIL has been an ongoing thing at Michigan as it is everywhere. And I think every school would like their NIL to be better. <laughs> you know, that Michigan fans feel that way. Um, but at least I think there's a, a thought that Sharon Moore could, could sustain what Jim Harbaugh was doing in recruiting, if not even take it up a notch. Talking uh, Michigan Wolverine sports uh, football, mostly with uh... Austin Meek of the Athletics. So I'll just kind of play devil's advocate here. Why is now the time for Michigan to hire from within? They haven't done it since uh, Lloyd Carr, I think, and he was on the staff for about 15 years before he got the gig. Sharon's been there about seven or eight, I think. Um, not that that necessarily matters, but coming off a national championship, maybe feeling like you can handpick a, your coach. Why, why is Sharon the guy? Yeah, I just don't know who's out there that really moves the needle for Michigan. You know, if there was a name out there um, that you look at and say, that's a guy that, you know, Michigan, you would roll out the red carpet for. And may maybe you'd think about that. But, you know, Brian Kelly's name has come up. But I don't know that people at Michigan would be, you know, fans I'm talking about, would really be that excited by hiring Brian Kelly. Um, I think – you know, you brought up the two coaches at KU and K-State, and like I said, I think either of them could do a good job here. 
but they're not necessarily the the names that you know every every fan has been pining for, right? Right. So it's just the, the timing, I think, and and the circumstances with Sharon Moore, you know, having the opportunity to have been the head coach here already for four games, I think that's what, in my mind, makes it look like the the likely direction for Michigan. Yeah, so I want to ask you a couple of basketball questions just because I was a, a huge Fab Five guy uh, back in the day. Uh, they just uh, got back together for the first time in, in a long time to attend a Michigan game. What happened with uh, Jalen Rose and Chris Weber? Why did that relationship uh, get repaired, and how did that happen as far as you know? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know all the ins and outs of how that happened, of how those guys ended up being back in the building together for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it had been something that had been in the works. You know, there'd been, there'd been talk about it, that those guys were going to all come to a game together. And I think they'd all been, you know, individually or a couple of them had been together, but this was the first time that, um, that all five of them were in the building at the same time for a game. Uh, you know, frankly, I think part of it is Juwan Howard's had kind of a rough go of it lately. Um, and it was sort of like a symbolic show of support, I think from, from his teammates uh, to show up for him and, and Michigan won the game that day, but they've really been, really been struggling. I mean, it's, you know, in some ways it's, fortunate for Juwan Howard that Michigan's football team won the national championship and Jim Harbaugh left. People have been kind of distracted uh, and have not been paying as much attention to basketball, but it's, it's been, uh, it's been kind of a rough scene, but certainly for, uh, for people of our, our generation who remember the fab five, it was cool to see those guys back in the same building. Yeah, no doubt. How thin is the ice for Juwan right now? Because again, I, as a fab five guy, he, I mean, when they came and played in Wichita, uh, during that third season, so no Chris Weber. Uh, just love that, love Juwan. It's it's not going well for him, like you said. Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, you know, Ward Manuel, the athletic director at at Michigan, for better or for worse, he tends to err on the side of being patient, which he did with Jim Harbaugh. I mean, that was a big part of the story with Jim Harbaugh. Is a lot of Michigan fans wanted Jim Harbaugh fired uh, four years ago, and. Ward Manuel brought him back on a reduced contract and he ended up turning it around. Um, and so there's been thought that maybe Ward Manuel would do the same with Juwan Howard is give him that one last chance to, to reboot the program and um, one last season. But, you know, it, it, it's a different deal because Jim Arbaugh had a long track record of winning as a head coach and it was Juwan Howard's first head coaching job. And it, every year it's felt like they've taken a step back. So, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion either way, but definitely um, not not a lot of signs of life right now from that program. Talking with Austin Meek uh, with the, the Athletic, formerly of the Topeka Capital Journal. So who do you miss most from Topeka, and why is it Kevin Haskin? <laughs> well, you know, it's a close – I think it's a close, close competition between Kevin Haskin and Bob Lewis. I mean, <laughs> you know – can I say both? I, Absolutely. I don't want to don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So. <laughs> well, I don't even know if Bob's uh, listening. So hurt as many feelings as you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I frankly I do I I miss everybody back there. Um, I have really uh, really great memories of of my time in Topeka and my time at K State, and uh, my family still lives back there, so I still get back occasionally. Uh, so yeah, it's always, uh, always great to check in with the Kansans because I miss you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we appreciate, uh, the work you've done with the athletic and, and every stop in between since you left Topeka. Uh, great stuff, Austin. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks guys. There's uh, Austin Meek for you. There you, you learn go. anything? There he goes. Did I learn anything? Yeah. It's tough to, I'm getting a little old now to like, think I learned something. Really? I mean, if I hear something that I think think it will help me later on i might remember but that i did I, I don't know what was i supposed to learn there i don't know the only reason i'll even have a conversation is to try to learn something really yeah i don't want to talk to somebody if it's just going to be a waste of time so what'd you learn uh, i learned what's going on with uh juan howard i learned what about... did you learn that was going on with juan howard you know whatever he said i don't remember exactly <laughs> I learned uh, if Chris Kleiman and, and Lance Leipold are actually in the mix at Michigan. doesn't seem like they are. It's going to be Sharon Moore, uh, who's out of Derby, and one of our guys. So we learned a lot. So everything that we talked about before we got on there, we learned again? We didn't learn again. We learned more.
We got insight from someone who was actually there. Okay. That's why you do interviews. We weren't going to interview Max about the Michigan uh, coaching situation because while he may have opinions and takes and even some facts, he's not, he's not firsthand there. Knowledge. There's nothing. There's nothing? There's nothing. So when you talk to Max, there's nothing. So when we talk to Mauricio Milan coming up, we know that he's the catcher for Wichita State. Uh-huh. We know that they begin their season uh, three weeks from tomorrow right. in Arkansas. We know his past performance and that he's one of the guys they're counting on. But we don't have additional insight. Does that make sense? That makes sense. I makes sense. In the, in the news business, when you do interviews and uh, gather information, that's called reporting. We're not necessarily reporting here, but we are gathering more information. Right? What if Mauricio Milan tells us something we didn't have any idea about? Like, uh, I got strong this, this summer or this, uh, this fall and winter by cutting down cherry trees. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a good nugget. Makes sense. Thank you for ho- clarifying all I that for me. I hope he didn't cut down cherry trees. But if he did, that's insight, right? That's, that's insight. Now, have you learned something from this little spiel I've been on for the last couple of minutes? Did you say something I was supposed to listen to? <laughs> Not necessarily. I may have missed it. Okay. Well, but I do apologize. You are, you are busy right now. Well, I'm trying to think, so it's, it hurts. What are you trying to think about? I don't know. I, I don't know. Nobody that, knows. That's a, no, nobody, nobody really does No know. reason to know. Zero. We are now joined, Jason, by yeah. a catcher from Wichita State Baseball. His name is Mauricio Milan. Mauricio, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? How are y'all doing? We're doing well. So we were just marveling at the fact that uh, your season begins in three weeks and one day over in Little Rock. That's that's crazy, right? Yeah, it 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 got here a lot sooner than than expected. It's kind of how it always goes. Get here in the fall, flies by. Go home for for a month or so in. Uh, in the winter in December, and then you come back and it kind of slaps you across the face before you know it. Well, it's always good to get slapped across the face once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, Mauricio, right. why don't you give us a little background of, of yourself, where you went to high school, how you ended up in Wichita State, what the process was like, and why you chose to come here? Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, Mauricio Milan, I'm from El Paso, Texas, born and raised. Um, not used to be small. It's kind of grow, growing city in West Texas, um, kind of borders New Mexico and then Mexico as well. Uh, fun fact, my house is actually like 15 minutes away from the border um, of Mexico. So um, born and raised there, went to Coronado High School in El Paso um, and then was there, played varsity three years there um, and then picked up an offer, a uh, couple offers to play junior college baseball. Um, decided to stay home in El Paso. Um, so I graduated high school in 2020. Uh, COVID was still kind of a big deal in El Paso. So my freshman year, supposed to be my freshman year of college, actually ended up getting canceled at El Paso Community College and um, just kind of took a gap year, took some online courses, but my eligibility, so my NCAA eligibility clock actually didn't start running until my second year there at El Paso Community, Co- Community College, was, which was 2022. And was only there for one year, had a good year, um, went and played in the junior college all-star game, and then picked up a couple offers um, from, from some, some Division One schools in Arizona, some in Texas, and then Wichita State, of course, and ended up coming on a visit to Wichita State and absolutely loved the facilities, loved everything about it. Um, at the time, Sirianni was kind of the recruiting coordinator there, um, kind of built a really good relationship with him. Um, talked to my parents, decided to pull the trigger and, and come to Wichita State. Um, and then last year was my, my first full Division One season, uh, which was a 2023 season, and really enjoyed that. Was in the portal for a little bit, for two weeks actually last year um, after the, the whole coaching change. Picked up some, some pretty good offers, but I actually had a previous relationship with Coach Green um, so I knew him when he was at New Mexico State. New Mexico State's about 30 minutes away from um, El Paso. So I had I had known about him, saw what he did at New Mexico State, saw how he turned the program around, um, and kind of wanted to be a part of of a of a coach like that. 
and decided to come back and return to my second year here at Wichita State. Um, currently, I'll graduate in the spring, but still have one more year of eligibility after this. Uh, I'm, I'm curious on you know a lot of players and a, and a lot of, and not just in baseball, but I mean in 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 college right now, everybody wants to go into the portal. Is, is it something where you want to leave, or is it or is it something where I want to see what else is out there and maybe make another move? What is the what's the weighing factor in that when you decide to to put your name in the portal? So for me, the number one factor was the the whole coaching change. Right. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. So if it, if it weren't for the coaching change, I probably would have came back just because, I mean, I really had nothing to complain about. Um, last year was, was a really good year for me defensively and offensively. Ended up catching 54 of our 50, 56 games or 55 games, whatever it was. And there really was no reason for me to, to kind of enter the portal. Um, I was comfortable at Wichita State. I the people here, the community, Wichita State, the baseball community, uh, treated me really well. Um, really had nothing to complain about except for maybe the cold. <laughs> that kind of <laughs> that kind of sucked a little bit coming from Texas. But no, it was really just the the whole coaching change. Um, and I talked talked it over with my parents, and and as soon as we found out that they kind of cleared house, the whole coaching staff was gone. Um, I thought it was in my best interest to explore some other options in the transfer portal which is exactly what I did for about two weeks. And it was, it was kind of a crazy two weeks. I'm not gonna lie. It was just, it felt like I was, I was in a relationship with 50 different schools and I was, I was probably on 15, 15 to 20 phone calls every day. And it was just, I mean, it was nice to have kind of to, to go through the whole kind of recruiting process again. Um, but it was really stressful. And um, I ultimately just decided to turn, I turned down some, some pretty good offers just to come back just because I'm entering my third year in college and I wanted, I wanted to go somewhere where I knew I'd have a big role um, just to kind of help myself grow, not only as a baseball player, but as a human being as well. Um, just kind of get me out of my comfort zone. And I, I knew coming back to Wichita state, that's exactly what I was going to have to do is I was going to have to kind of take a bigger role uh, being one of the, the few uh, everyday guys returning. And that's something I kind of talked over with skip with uh, coach green and he was just like, hey, man, like, if you come back, like, it'll, you'll have a way bigger role. Um, and that's something that I was looking for and, and ultimately what, what kind of led to my decision on top of the whole coaching staff, uh, Green, Miller, Cash, Clags, they're all um, A1 coaches. So so just kind of be a part of something like that and, and come back and kind of help rebuild the culture at Wichita State. Um, I thought it would be pretty neat. Yeah, absolutely. So before I reintroduce you, Mauricio, I didn't want to make any assumptions, but it does seem like uh, there is some Hispanic uh, heritage there. So what are we doing with that double L? Is it Mian officially? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. It's 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 Mian. So okay. In El Paso in Mexico. So my dad's actually Colombian. My mom's my mom's side of the family is Mexican. So anytime we're we're in El Paso or Mexico or or anywhere of that sort, it's Mian. But in Wichita, it, it turns to kind of. And Wichita it turns into Milan. Yeah, I like that. I don't like that. Do you I like know, yeah. that? So, no, I mean, I, I, I really don't care if I'm being honest. But, <laughs> but if, if, if we're, uh, if we're uh, supposed to properly say it's Milan, Mauricio Milan. Yeah. That's what I thought. I, I'm not good at like the, the, the accent, but I'll, I will do my best, Mauricio Milan. That's all. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, the, it's like the white person version of that. So it's good enough. That's not bad. That was pretty good. <laughs> so uh, you've got a lot of new pitchers on this staff, a lot of Juco guys, a lot of freshmen. Uh, what is the staff looking like? And how do you kind of take that challenge as a catcher? Like you said, you're basically catching every day um, except one game. Uh, how do you take that challenge of having to learn a bunch of new guys? Yeah, it was. it's definitely um, – it's tough to – like I say, I always say this to to people that ask, but the first first month of the fall is always always kind of rough, just because you're a new catcher catching twenty plus new arms that you've never caught before in your life. Everyone's ball kind of has different movements, um, and it's just kind of that's that's when you just catch as much bullpens as you can, get as much reps as you can, understand pitchers' personalities, um, see what kind of pitchers um, react to to certain certain uh certain keys um so yeah everyone's kind of different it's it's not 
one shoe fits all when it comes to pitching. And I've kind of learned that throughout my years of college baseball. It's, you kind of have to attack every pitcher uh, with a different strategy. And I think for me, it just comes down to repetitions and catching as much bullpens as you can in the fall. Um, and then just getting to know your guys on and off the field, kind of building relationships with with your pitchers, not only when you're when you're at the field, but off the field as well, just so you kind of build that trust so that when it comes down to it in the spring and, and it's you, me and that, that pitcher, um, we really trust each other. And we're not just, just teammates, but we're, we're kind of friends off the field as well. Um, and we're just both competing to, to kind of get a win. Um, so I think for the, the biggest thing for me is, is kind of building that trust with them, getting to know them. Um, that's kind of been my key. Um, and what, what I've kind of ran with since high school too is just getting to know the guys off the field. I was really big with that on that with uh, Tolly last year. Uh, me and Peyton would hang out on and off the field a lot. Um, and a lot of the other guys too, just just uh, getting to know them on and off the field is really important for me. So when uh, the coaching change happened last year, is this something that you just kind of decided yourself to go to the portal to check it out? Did you have a lot of conversations with a lot of the guys and say, hey, you know, well, if – we all come back or if we got the core coming back, like, should we stick this out and see what happens? How, how does, how does that process go um, when something like this ha- occurs? Yeah. So it was just kind of, it just kind of all happened so quickly that as soon as it happened, it was just kind of like a domino effect. A couple of people joined the portal. And then before you, before you knew it, the entire team was in the portal and it got, to, I kind of was hesitant. I wasn't one of the first ones to join. I was just waiting a little bit. Um, just to see what whatever what was going to happen, uh, what coach was going to get hired. There was just so many unanswered questions, and I just thought to myself, it really came down to me and my family, um, and it it really came down to what was the best decision for me. I kind of had to think selfishly for those two weeks, um, just because at the end of the day it was my career, and it was like, okay, this is a really important year for me. Um, so I, I talked to my family and stuff, and we were, we just thought it was ultimately best for me to enter the portal and see what other options there were out there for me. Um, and then um, during while I was in the portal, I found out that Coach Green was, was going to be the, the new head coach at Wichita State, which completely changed things for, for me just because I knew who he was um, and I knew what he was about. So that kind of leaned me more towards uh, Wichita State, and then I had – I had two or three conversations with him, really good conversations. We kind of clicked. Um, we aligned with, with what what we wanted to do at Wichita State. So that's that's what kind of drew me back to Wichita State. Did you have uh, any conversations with other players too, considering that you kind of knew Coach Green a little bit? Did that ever come I up? Did. Yeah, I did. Um, so, like, I had talked to Robert Kranz, Kite McDonald from last year, talked to Tolly a little bit. Um but at the end of the day, like you can't really blame guys like that for leaving, because um, I had a relationship with Coach Green and I knew what Coach Green was about. They didn't, and they were just kind of taking my word for it. Um, and at the end of the day, they had to make the like just like how I was thinking. It was it was what decision was best for them at the time, and and if if I, if they believed that transferring schools was the best decision for them, you can't really blame them. Um, it was their careers, so. I don't really hold or held any remorse towards them. I did my best to try and get as many people to come back to Wichita State just so um, we could have a, a core core number of guys kind of help build up the program. Um, and I say that not not because I don't think I don't think this year will be a building a build up year at all. I think we have the talent to really go out there and compete and turn a lot of heads. Um, but it would it just would have helped to to have a couple more guys um, from the core group. But you can't blame them at the end of the day. It was, it was their decision, and, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my piece on that. Now, before we let you go, Mauricio, uh, three weeks until the season begins uh, against Little Rock, what do those next uh, three weeks look like? How are you guys amping up for the start of the season? Yeah, so we actually start our, our, our first team practice. So team phase will start tomorrow, Friday, and we're, we're going straight at it. We'll have uh, a couple inner squads. We'll have one Friday, one Saturday. And now it's just kind of figuring out our team and see kind of just putting all the pieces together right before Little Rock, um, kind of figuring out our weekend rotation, figuring out our lineup, figuring out uh, who's going to fit where, um, and just kind of ramping it up these last three weeks, getting getting the system down, getting our signs down, making sure everything's nice and polished so we're we're in the best uh, in the best shape for uh, Little Rock. And then we'll have a big test that very next weekend when we go to Jacksonville. We'll play. Uh, 
Iowa, Virginia, and Auburn, which are, are three really good programs. Um, so that'll be a really big test for us and let us know where we're at real quick. So excited for that. And I'm just, I'm really excited to go out and compete with this guys with this team. I think we've got a really hungry team. Um, we've got a lot of guys that are buying into a system that, that I think, I think is ultimately going to work for us. Um, now it's just, it really just comes down to, we know the system. We know we've got to, we've got to get done. We know our expectations. The coaches know their expectations. And now it just comes down to executing the plan. Mauricio Mian, our guest, uh, he had a great season last year, batting 315, tied for third on the team. We know you'll have a, a huge role this season. Hope we get to do this again soon, Mauricio. Uh, enjoy the next few weeks as your season starts to get going, and then uh, at Little Rock uh, three weeks from tomorrow. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, bye. There he goes. I said bye. You did. Why? That's weird. Why? Are you okay? I don't know. Is anybody okay? Nobody's really okay. Did you learn anything from that? Huh? Oh, boy. What happened? <laughs> Did I miss something again? I don't know. Did you? We got Quite picks. Possibly. We got picks and not too long from now. Oh, I got to figure that out. I do, too. You got do paper. Do I really, though? You have paper right in front of you. Yeah, you but do I really? Do... I mean, look. You don't. No, but I do. I'm pretty much done. Pretty much. There's no pretty much about it. I mean, I've been battling back a little bit after Thanksgiving, like I said I would, but I, oh, yeah. I got I got way too far behind. Yeah, way too far. Uh, and the, your last couple of weeks haven't been much to They haven't been that good. All right, stay with us. Hour number two of Bob and Jeff. Jason Dudas here. Max Power, our producer and engineer, takes us to break. It's Bob and Jeff on KFA. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com.